0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. And today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the chapter more about alcoholism. And we're on page 32, the second paragraph, and we're going to read through the first seven sentences, starting with, a man of 30 was doing, and then had qualified him to drink as other men. We'll stop there. And Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Rhonda L., 12 traditions, Joni C., and reading the text are Harlan G., Ramona A., and Susan S. H. is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Karen W., and the host of the second hour is Barbara P. The reference numbers for Monday, October 3rd, 2022, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,475, that's one nine four seven five, and for the ten a.m. is one nine four seven six. That's one nine four seven six. O.A. preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions
1: Good morning. This is Rhonda L., compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Number four, Made a searching and, and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service.
0: Thank you, Rhonda. Okay, I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Hi, this is Joni C. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered but not cured. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less money uh, less problems of money press property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose 7 every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions 8 Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never. ever reminding me, ever reminding us to pre- place principles before personalities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Joni.
2: Our meeting works.
0: Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discuss- discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute, and once you are done sharing, Let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page um, 32, the second paragraph. Um, A man of 30 was doing a great deal of spree drinking, reading through had qualified him to drink as other men. reading seven sentences only. So I will ask Harlan G. to begin reading.
3: Is that me?
4: (laughs) Sorry.
0: That's you. Uh,
4: (laughs) Thanks, Katie. Thanks for your service. I was unmuting. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. A man of 30 was doing a great deal of spree drinking. He was very nervous in the morning after these bouts and quieted himself with more liquor. He was ambitious to succeed in business, but saw that he would get nowhere if he drank at all. Once he started, he had no control whatever. He, excuse me, he made up his mind that until he had been successful in business and had retired, he would not touch another drop. An exceptional man, he remained bone dry for 25 years and retired at the age of 55 after a successful and happy business career. Then he fell victim to a belief which practically every alcoholic has,
2: that his long
4: period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink as other men. Well, let's take a look at this par- let's take a look at this parable, which is lifted from a book called "The Common Sense of Drinking," and that book was written by a guy by the name of Richard Peabody, and so vital was this book for the formation of this big book that Peabody's book, "The Common Sense of Drinking," uh, was owned by Bill Wilson, and Bill's copy is in the AA archives as we sit here. But let's take a look at the paragraph. First of all, we have a guy that's a binge drinker, and he saw that his life was unmanageable. Let's remember always that this chapter is devoted to step one. And when he talks about he was ambitious to succeed in business but saw he would get nowhere if he drank at all, that falls right into our uh, unmanageability of our life. Once he started, he had no control whatever, that's the physical allergy. He made up his mind that until he had been successful in business and had retired, he would not touch another drop. Can I relate to that? Oh yes, he was going on a diet. He was using his unaided willpower to try to control the amount of liquor that he was drinking. Now here's a mythbuster and when these mythbusters come up, they can shake us to the foundation. It says then he fell victim victim to a belief which practically every alcoholic has that his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink as other men. And how many times have I believed that a long period of abstinence, a, a large weight loss, would qualify me to drink as other people? Why wouldn't I believe that? I had been told that from the time I was five years old. People said to me when I was a child, a baby, toddler, lose weight and then you can eat just like everybody else. Lose weight and then your life will be perfect. Lose weight and then you won't have any problems. And none of that is true. The last sentence of this chapter, more about alcoholism, is going to let me know for the umpteenth time, that I have an illness which only a spiritual awakening, spiritual experience will conquer. That a long period of abstinence does not treat this disease. That's a mythbuster. Abstinence does not treat the disease. It's a key in the door. The only thing I need to remember today is that I need to work on my spiritual growth while remaining abstinent, and that is what's going to treat this disease. And Peabody left us with three properties of the disease, the characteristics being the mental twist and the physical allergy. But the three properties of the disease are that it is permanent. It is progressive. It is fatal. And in this parable, the man of 30, as we go into tomorrow and into today, we're going to see that his disease was permanent, that even though he didn't drink for 25 years, he was still alcoholic. And we're also going to see that the disease is going to take him out. Permanent, progressive, and fatal. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks for your service, Katie. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Harlan. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on the first seven sentences of the second paragraph on page
3: 32? Katie G. Boston. Boston. Kelly S. Yes. Kelly S. Yes.
0: Okay. Ginger Here's D. A. Okay. I heard, let's see. Um, I heard Katie She'll G. Be Kelly S. Janice, Ginger PM. C, Joanne L, Lori J, yes. Lori J, Janice, Loretta H. Yeah. Oh, maybe she didn't hear. Me. Loretta.
5: Loretta H.
0: Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I heard Katie G, Kelly S, Ginger C, Joanne L, Janice P.M., Lori J, and Loretta H. Did I miss anyone? Okay, let's go with that lineup. Katie G and then Kelly S.
6: Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you for taking the meeting. This is K G recovered from anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive eating. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, right? Like so I I had this empty vessel and uh and I wanted something to fill it. And I treated the empty vessel with something exterior and I just Like, I thought if I could just get to the right weight, I remember my first diet, and I bought a pair of size 14 white jeans, and they were the first jeans that I ever fit into, And, uh, and I thought that I could eat normally, right? Like, and as soon as I put... Um, Oreos and and cookies into my body, that phenomenon of craving. And the next thing I knew, I was off and running. It's the same thing with me about exercise, right? Like, so I I had a baby and I set out, I'm going to walk four miles a day, right? And then I'm gonna walk five miles a day and I'm getting a lot of good accolades and then I kid you not I woke up one day and I was walking ten miles a day and I was losing weight and I was losing weight and I was losing weight and as you all know recently I was asleep dreaming I was awake lying putting a sign on my forehead saying God do not enter I was exercising bulimically my weight was going down I was not meeting the requirements for abstinence what I think is so interesting is that it talks about this self discipline this ability to control one's feelings and overcome one's weakness and um you know sometimes we talk about not being self disciplined with the food and things like that but the rest of our life not me page 88 says not me as an alcoholic i am undisciplined i need to let god discipline me so that woman that woman inside of me that is asleep that was asleep dreaming i was awake that filled that hole in the soul with exercise and being thin that died i was willing to go to any length to get that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once that special feeling of i'm the thinnest i'm going to do this that had to be smashed. Step one is a dark step. It is a hopeless step. And and I was desperate, doomed, on my knees. And the most amazing thing is if you relate in to any of that, if your only special feeling right now is being the thinnest girl in the room or getting that exercise or getting that che- cheesecake, whatever it is, I promise you, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force of your life, are going to change my husband said that D word five months ago. That's no longer happening. My, daughter's, my daughter yesterday, I, I, I got angry at her. And you know what she said? She said, Mommy, go sit in the corner. Go get on the couch. And I listened to her. And then I apologized to her. And you know what? She said, Mommy, you made a mistake. It's okay. This is the kind of life that I get to live today, when I am not in bondage to self and this disease. Hang on, God's gonna do it for you. You just gotta get disciplined with him. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Katie G. Kelly S. here up, followed by Ginger C.
3: Thanks, Katie. This is Kelly S., um, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Tulsa, Oklahoma and grateful to be on the line this morning. Um just wanted to share about this I'm this man of 30. This guy's you know I was reading it again yesterday and every time I read this paragraph, the story about him, it's so scary to me. Um and it was scary again because his story is mine. I mean, I was never able to <laughs> put down the food for 25 years, but I'm sure, you know, I've had many periods, and I'm sure a lot of you had, where we had periods where we could put the food down for specific reasons, and and I was able to do that. And, you know, seeing that it was causing me a problem, you know, I realized early on that it was easier to not eat at all than to try to control my eating. And so, you know, I was able to control it for all those, you know, various periods in my life. And then, of course, once I get started, sometimes it would be a gradual back into the food, and other times it was just face down, right? I'd get what I wanted because, you know, my goal, um, you know, my goal was I I just wanted to lose the weight or stop the craziness. And I never understood. I never, ever understood. I've been in these rooms for three decades and I didn't understand that the problem wasn't the food. Um, You know, I started listening to Vision for You um, like eight years ago, nine years ago. I don't know. Anyway, and, and heard the message again out of the book. You know, I missed that whole thing about we're putting down the food. 100% 100% black and white so that I can get this relationship with God. I did not have spiritual malady, you know, so I was tr- trying to control something that was uncontrollable. And I never understood the physical allergy. That's for sure. Even all this time, right. Wasn't, I didn't want to, to tell you the truth. I wanted to eat what I wanted to eat. Um, and you know, it's like this paragraph is so scary because it's the fatal nature of this disease. You watch him progress. So what he does that I can so relate to is I do this stuff. And I heard an AA speaker say the worst, probably the three most dangerous words in the human vocabulary, I got this because that's me. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. You know, and I had four, almost five years of recovered abstinence and I had it. I got this, you know, and, and I started resting on my laurels. You know, I started comparing myself to other people. I'm like, I'm good. You know, it's those long periods of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink. It wasn't that I thought I needed to eat like other people, but I thought, you know, I'm okay. I've got this foremost five years of abstinence. I've got a couple sponsees. I just want you guys to know I hadn't taken anybody through the work in two years. But I had a couple sponsors sponsees checking in. And you know what? I got this and I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't have a higher power. And that's the thing. I had the little power and it was Kelly. And so Finally, willing to be honest, you know, uh, put down the food, look at the physical allergy part, realize I don't got this. I don't. This disease is going to kill me, and I could have been this man. So I'm so grateful today. I'm not, I'm not this guy, and I'm working a program, and I'm absent today. And with that, I, uh, and I have a higher power. I have God in my life. Thank you, God. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kelly. Ginger C., you're up,
0: followed by Joanne L.,
7: Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I am Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater and so grateful to be with you guys this morning. I just love vision for you. It's such a beautiful meeting. Um, being in mountain time, I get to wake up early and do meditation and then get to hear the powerful message that's always consistent. And um, just so grateful to have today because that's all I have. I mean, I am so... Shaky still coming out of this relapse. It's been almost a year uh, since I took that first terrible bite. And once he started, he had no control, whatever. And it has been insane, absolutely insane. And it's just a warning that I bring to the line because I left Virginia Beach with a big book and clear-cut direction, willing to go to any length followed it precisely thought I would never eat again because I had years of OA relapse. And I thought, well, this is it. This is the answer this big book and um, it's going to happen and I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay and put some days together and never return to the insanity of food. And um, it can happen. And it happened. And I'll never forget when Harlan said, yeah, you just keep listening on the lines. You're going to hear somebody. Didn't think it would be me, and it was me. And so, you know, from this relapse, though, I really have gotten now. I need boundaries when it comes to food. I've lost all choice and control. I am lie, cheat, and steal for food, even in that five years. And it was really confusing because my body weight would stay in the same, and I was feeling good, and I was working with others, but I was still seeking an effect in food. I was not clear I was delusional and it was full flight from reality so I'm so grateful to see how important all these ingredients these spices every piece has got to be clean and clear and I've got to be honest and help me stay in that parameter in that place because I just want out of this nightmare I'm not even out of it yet and I just want out of it so um you know just getting a day or two back And I pray that I stay and that I stay honest and that I stay with these disciplines in place, these daily disciplines. It's a 24-hour reprieve. And the most important thing is where is God? Because when I have power between me and a bite, I have a really good chance not to pick up today. But God is everything or God is nothing. What's my choice? And how am I going to stay connected as I walk these 24 hours? And with that, I pass. Thank you Ginger.
0: okay, joanne l. you're up followed by Janice p m joanne
8: l star one. This is Joanne l from Ohio. Um, i uh really identify with this paragraph um, and the one before uh, when i when i was recovering from alcoholism well actually before i even was an alcoholic um, i knew i had the potential i could see the signs because my dad was a falling down drunk all my life and so when i picked up the drink and i reacted to it differently than my peers were i i knew i had the potential to be just like him and when i started a family that was you know, a, a compelling reason for me to put the drink down. And I was able to do that. And then um, a few years into family life, a uh, tragedy hit. And the alcoholic that I am, I don't know how to self-soothe or <laughs> didn't have the tools that I needed to get through that. And I picked up the drink again. Um, and it it took me fast. And thank God for AA that I found it. So now fast forward to now I got this food problem and um, I I didn't know what it was until I remembered a friend of mine when I was living in another state um, said to me at a a, a meeting one time, how can you eat your lunch like that while you're listening and uh, to the lead? And she says, if I don't focus on what I'm eating, I it's like I didn't have a meal and, you know, I'll go off and eat again. And um, that, that was curious for me. And she told me that she was in this program called Old Readers Anonymous. Thank God that planted the seed for years down the road when I fell victim to the, the counterfeit comforter again, only drink was no longer an option after I sobered up in AA and lo and behold I turned to food. So um uh about I, I was absent when I came into OA for like nine years and then um after COVID hit and it started uh they started lifting, you know, the all the uh things started opening up again and we were able to be with family again. My first cookout with family, you know, they were used to um, kind of uh, taking care of me. They knew how I ate, and and they would always have foods that I could eat, you know, at any gathering we had. Well, it had been like a year and a half. They probably forgot. I mean, they're not thinking about me and my little food malady, and I didn't take care of myself. I didn't pre-plan. I didn't think I had to. And lo and behold, there was really nothing there that was on my food plan that I could eat. So I dibbed and dabbed and this and that. And next thing I know, I'm eating potato chips. And um, but I, and I told myself, well, you know, I've been absent for nine years. It'll be okay. I'll just, you know, make sure I don't pick any more up or, you know, I don't have anything like that in my house. And, uh, you know, this disease is so cunning, baffling and sneaky that it allowed me to think that I did get away with that and lo and behold you know a month or so later we're at another gathering and what do I do hey you know I was able to eat that last time maybe I can just start doing this at picnics you know I can have these treats at picnics and 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 you know the rest is history I was off and running again so Anyway, with that, I'll pass. And uh, thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, thank you so much, Joanne L. Janice P.M. You're up,
9: followed by Laurie J. Well, good morning to you, Katie F. This is Janice P.M., a recovered, grateful, recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Well, this this paragraph I can relate to. Instead of a man of thirty, I can just substitute a woman of twenty-two. Because that was me, you know, high out in life, a business woman, and I had everything together. So I thought in my mind, well, this this paragraph is so, <laughs> the more I read it, the more I see me, the more I can and see what Bill is, is trying to teach me and teach us is to demonstration. It's a demonstration of so-called willpower. Wow, well, you know. It will work if you're not alcoholic, if you're not compulsive overeater, the physical, because this is what my thinking was. This was my goal of life, physical, to get thin. But, you know, I didn't realize that I had the insanity of the mind. They said unmanageability. I said to myself, I'm not, my life isn't unmanageable. I'm married. I have a son. I'm running a business. I married a good man. You know, I have money. Um, I didn't think. And when they were, they said the word insanity. I said, "No, I know my family is, but not me." You know, I didn't see about the unmanageability, the control. That's really what I was doing. I was controlling people. I was controlling the food. I was controlling my son and my husband. I mean, that was the big thing. I couldn't see it. You know, that was the insanity and I had no control but this was an exceptional man um I thought I was exceptional too of course you know 22 getting out of college and I said you know I know I have this problem well you know it's dealing with children and I'm I see my trigger food at birthday parties and we have snacks and I said when I retire after 31 years I'll be able to take care of myself well <laughs> And then during that time I did have a long period of physical of physical abstinence but I didn't know there was another part to my to my goal and I did uh was abstinent for a year because they said when you get 1 year you can stand up and show everybody of course that was right up my alley um and I had a lot of self discipline I mean I wouldn't go with certain guys and blah 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 you know however However, when I retired, I felt free that I could do what I want, when I wanted, eat when I want, do yeah blah blah blah. And of course, the, the the magic. It's not magic. It's a miracle to know, like it was said by Holland, that this is permanent. The pickle theory: once a pickle, always a pickle. Never back to a cucumber. Progressive, absolutely. For me, it got worse, worse. I thought fifty pounds. Yeah, I can it. And just a couple more things. Thank you so much, Katie. And the other word is patient. If you don't think that this disease is patient, oh, it's very patient. And without spiritual help, it is fatal. And with that I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Janice. Okay, Lori J, you're up, followed by Loretta H. And just in case you um, have just joined us, we're on page 32, the second paragraph. We read the first seven sentences of the story of the man of 30, um, ending with, he had qualified him to drink as other men, commenting on that, those seven sentences. So go ahead, please, Lori J. Lori, Star One, to unmute. Okay, we must have lost Lori in the red H. Oh, there you are. Go ahead.
10: There you go. Um, This is Lori Jane, compulsive overeater in Tennessee, and like others, I really identify with a number of pieces from this paragraph. You know, um, ambitious and successful. Uh, In business, I'm in the corporate world, and for me, ambition is is sort of day-to-day for sure, and I I travel for work, and um, instead of bone dry for 25 years, you know, before I came to the rooms, before I um, came into recovery with OA and then a vision for you, uh, I would be bone dry, as it were, for a day. I would go to meetings. I would uh, eat like everybody else, um, and then all of a sudden I would come back to my hotel and have two dinners and then get snacks from the hotel store and, and just be uncontrollable. I could white-knuckle it for hours, and, and that was it. Um, growing up, I would see people who, to me, look like normal weight, and, and, and I would hear them say things like, oh, I need to lose five or ten pounds for a wedding, for a reunion, and they would do it, and then they would go back to eating anything. And so my perception growing up um, being heavier and heavier was uh, getting control of your eating, meant short-term dieting, and then you get to a point where you can, in fact, eat like everyone else. The reality is that's not the case at all. Um, just like the man here in the, in our paragraph um even after long-term abstinence, um, there's, no, there's no going back. Um, recently, I was on a work trip, and I have back-to-back abstinence for uh, many months now. Felt good about where I was in program, and I was in a town that was known for a certain food. And I thought, well, I'll just have one of those because I can have one of those and won't be a problem. I'm feeling really strong. I'm in meetings, blah, blah, blah. I have one of those. And all of a sudden, the food sinks in my head nonstop. Oh my gosh, you didn't even, you inhaled it. You could have more, and you could have more, and you could have more. And I was flattened. I was just uh, on the floor realizing that I, there is no a little bit. There's no, that mental obsession, um, that allergy is there all the time. And And I was able to walk away, get to the beach. And not go further, but it was a great reminder that there is no normal, um, non-compulsive overeating if I don't stay in spiritual recovery and if I don't stay absent. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Lori J. and Loretta H. You're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares.
11: Thank you, Katie, and thank you everyone on this line, along with my precious God who saved my life. Loretta H recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. That his long period of sobriety and self-discipline had qualified him to drink like other men. Okay, so I have a story of woe. Um, And God's grace and mercy. I retired three years after I came into program, which was 2003, and I knew that I could never be retired if I was in the food. I could because I, at the end, I actually wanted to pull the mattress down like Bill did, and I wanted to kill myself. So yesterday was, and I'm only mentioning this because this is part of my story, was. 43 years of not taking a drink, but I did not have a program. So last year, um, I actually had an incident where I was becoming paralyzed. And in that time, um, the food did not call to me, but the alcohol did. And I actually wanted to pick up a drink. Now, this is the saving grace of this program. The weirdest, it's all God sightings, all God sightings woman calls me to have her sponsor her and she tells me my story that she actually picked up the drink and now not only has she the drink problem but she also has the food problem if that wasn't a god sighting nothing else was I got my little body over to an AA meeting and actually have done the steps and now can cut consider myself a recovered alcoholic but as somebody said all these diseases especially with me they're fatal and as even as long as i've had with all my substances and god's it's god's grace for me i have a spiritual malady don't have a food problem i don't have an alcoholic it problem i have that spiritual malady and in this program I have to do a totally honest day of work and keep pruning and unpacking my isms because my perpetual reality is askew with my thinking. And my spiritual malady needs nurturing every single day with physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God has to be the center of my life at all times, no matter how many days I have. And it's only 24 hours. And whoever got up the earliest is the most absent And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Loretta. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day so that we can hear others share their experience. So who else would like to share on these first seven sentences on the second paragraph of page 32?
5: Christiana. P.
12: Nancy
5: P. Linda, D.
12: Nancy P.
0: Okay. Nancy P. Okay, I heard Christina. I'm not sure what's initial. I think I heard a Sherry, Linda D., and Nancy P. Who else? Drew D., New Jersey.
9: Shanna Drew C. Kelly D. H. Shanna. Kelly H. Did you get Nancy P.?
0: I did. Um, Okay, so this is who I have. Christina, Sherry, Linda D, Nancy P, Drew, Shanna C, I think it was, and Kelly H. Go ahead, please. Christina followed by Sherry, unless that was Shanna.
13: Good morning. Christina J from the state of North Carolina. So I'm thinking about this guy who worked all of his life and then decided to retire. Early in my youth, I worked a long time, and then I decided to quit work, and I didn't know what the hell to do with myself. Uh, I had a plan to pursue my music career, which I did, but I was still off the rails because I was used to going, going, going. And that kept me on diets and out of the food, you know, the bad food, in and out, in and out, in and out. But I was able to maintain a weight for a long time, And it started getting worse as the disease gets worse. But I wasn't able to put it down like this guy for how many ever years. Um, But when I stopped working, um, my brain went crazy, and my disease got worse in that period. So I'm thinking this guy, you know, he's retired. He's feeling a little restless, irritable, and discontent because he's used to going, going, going. So he's like, "Oh, hey, I'm retired. I can have a drink," you know, and Lately, I've been going through a lot of things and fellows have been reminded me, reminding me, not reminding me, but telling me, you're not honoring what you have gone through. You're trying to forge ahead, not honoring your emotions. So what I'm going to tell you today is that my emotions have led me to eating more of my abstinent foods. I don't have a trigger allergy yet, but I've been eating more of my abstinent foods. And I'm going to say today that I feel like that's a relapse. That's volume eating. And uh, I've come to the point through this eating of my my abstinence foods that I don't give a shit how many years I've had. It doesn't matter. This is a journey. It's a journey of my soul. I'm going to put down my pride about my two and something years and continue this journey, realizing that I need to honor my emotions. And I am so good at autopilot numb. You know, like this guy might have been. He never worked a program around his emotions or what he was going through all those years. And I, I, this has been a hard journey. My whole life has turned upside down. Everything has changed in my life. Even the hours I go to work and come home have changed. So I need to honor that. Tonight I'm starting another big book study with a fellow. I'm not. I'm not going to hang out there and wait for those donuts to call. Just keep eating my absent foods. I know the warning signs, and they hurt. I have suffered over eating those absent foods. And I don't want to go out and eat a cake. I don't want to eat ice cream. But at a certain point, it will happen if I don't honor who I am inside and what I'm going through. So good at hiding from that and running from the pain of life. And i got to work this on a deeper level, this dis-ease within myself is calling me to take a look. And God's led me to a couple things now because I've cried out. I've been disconnected from him this whole time. I've tried and tried and tried, you know, to connect. And I just have not been able to connect with that place in my heart. that saves me every time.
0: Time, please. And
13: anyway, I wanted to share. And thank you for letting me share my emotions on this. And know that if you're suffering in emotions, honor that and get to work in the program. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Christina J. and Sherry, you're up. Followed by Linda D. Thank you so much, Sherry D. from Maryland, compulsive overeater. Um,
5: (laughs) I think I said wow after every single share today. This has just been amazing. You know, I want I want to start out by thanking Harlem um, for filling in my family tree. Uh, I've been reading the big book for over 42 years. I love these little pieces of history that pop up. I feel like I found my great-great-grandfather in understanding who this story is about. Uh, You all are my tribe. Um, You know, I was around people growing up who told me over and over and over again, just eat until you're full. As soon as you get full, stop eating. Just stop eating when you're full. And they didn't understand that when I was eating my alcoholic foods, I never felt full. I've heard people in this meeting share of their stomachs busting, actually exploding inside because they couldn't stop eating. Uh, I am powerless and my life is unmanageable in and out of this disease. There is someone that I spoke to on an outreach call that just, it was so beautifully put. She said that I must remain humble or I will be humiliated. I must constantly remember that I have a spirituality. And if I'm not working on that spiritual life, the next paragraph of this story tells my destiny. Some people will die so others may live. I wanna live today. I'm so very grateful to be here. I'm so very grateful to everyone that is putting in their service to make this meeting available for
0: us. And I will keep coming back with that I pass. Thank you, Sherry. Okay, Linda D, you're up, followed by Nancy P.
12: Hi everybody, it's Linda D in Connecticut. And I'm recovered but not cured. So I'm here. And uh, the thing that jumps out at me is how hard it is to be human. Um, I sound like I have a cold. I think I have a cold, but I could have COVID. It's possible. I'm very scared. And um, well, I'll drop that part about I'm pissed off. They didn't give me a swab test, but anyway, um, I think it's, Very important for me to realize that I'm here because fear runs my life. It's always there, and it's either going to run me into the ground and kill me, and it's going to be really ugly, or I better follow love. Now, the people that want to help me today um, with uh, chest X-ray and all that stuff, I'm scared of what I'll find, but I better face it. And I really need the help of all of you because this is um, a disease in which I was never good enough. In my mind, I was born not good enough, and that's not true. So I have to learn how to trust that I'm good enough. I have to assume that I'm good enough. Why am I good enough? Because God said so. And it doesn't matter what text you use. I use the big book. That would be my foundation. And I have a relationship with God, which I do not want to lose, because if I lose it, I'm dead in the water. So I'm willing to put up with a crap of a swab test and all that stuff that people want to do for my well-being. But really, it all comes down to fear. I have to face it. And I really applaud everybody who comes on this line and says how hard it is to be human. It's effin' hard to be human. And God is magnificent, but I have to cling to God all the time. I'm not capable of running my own life. Thanks, I pass.
0: Thank you, Linda D. Nancy P, you're up, followed by Drew. Hi, good
14: morning. Uh, Thank you for letting me share. This is Nancy P. Recovered in Westmonton, Massachusetts. So I like the word qualified. Qualified means to be officially recognized as being trained to perform a particular job, to be certified. And for me, there's no amount of training, practice, or muscle memory that's going to qualify me to eat my binge foods politely or safely, whether I'm with other people or alone. To drink as other men means to do it like other people do it. And other people don't sneak, cheat, hide, lie, or steal, ever. But for me, that was my default place. You know, I've seen hungry dogs scarf their food down more slowly and politely than I ate when I was alone, and I hated myself more with every bite. And even when my body was the right size, I could feel my addiction banging at the door. You know, I'd look out the window and I'd hide from it in the bedroom under the bed but it just banged down the door and came in and took me away like the secret police except that there was no secret about it it was always right there in front of me in black and white like a guest book at my own funeral and trying to eat as other people do was completely useless to me i was absolutely completely entirely defeated and i secretly knew it but even more secretly i thought there might yet still be a way life kept tapping me on the shoulder Starting in high school with all those, you know, a car accident every weekend for two months. Um, and all the other times, you know, just as bad as that, that, you know, life would tap me on the shoulders. And I kept saying, leave me alone. I've got this, as someone else said. And willingness never got me anywhere. And desperation never got me anywhere, if only. Willingness and desperation left room for the lurking notion the lurking notion that hides and wait to do harm and told me that, yeah, there was a way to do it other than the way that worked, the secret belief that somehow I was going to wake up one day and be okay, and I had to be beaten and bruised and completely broken with my face down in the mud with my, my metaphor as the horse standing on me just to get my attention. And finally, when my pain got to be truly unbearable, when my poor girl started harming and cutting and burning herself, Finally, I embraced the solution, and the solution was there all along. And what is it? Say it with me. Surrender, 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 first, last, and always. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Drew, it's your turn, followed by Shanna C.
15: Got it. This is Drew D. in New Jersey. Um, Definitely a compulsive eater. Uh, Really grateful to be here to everyone doing service and the service of the shares, the honesty and the experience is something I need. Um, I got my headphones in, uh, an IV drip of other people's stories is what I need today because I identified with each and every one of these sentences. I had the spree drinking. I had the nervousness that I quieted. I had the ambition. I had the no control. Um, I used my mind to try to solve this problem. Um, I wanna be exceptional, um, so very much and I thought my my self discipline um was gonna do it for me and in any other context, um earlier in this program I would I, I was stunned by that. Seven seven out of seven sentences when we first coming into to OA that rocked my world. Um seven out of seven sentences. How did this person this this book these shares got my story so perfectly that it was um it was easy to keep coming back. It just it was every day it was fascinating to hear people describe my story. Um, and unfortunately um I focused on this part, kept coming back, um and I forgot about the rest. And uh this uh self will run riot, um, distance from higher power, letting life get in the way. Um turned into a relapse, and so I've got to be honest about the the food obsession today. Um, I have to take it one day at a time, and I just, I wanted to say thank you um, for this reminder for everyone shares to come back and to set aside everything I think I know, um, because I I need to remember these seven sentences to recommit 24 hours at a time. Uh, Life is hard. I can't do it alone, and uh, I need my higher power, and I need this group. Just want to say thanks again. I'll pass.
0: Okay, thank you, Drew D. And Shanice C., you'll be our last share of the day. And Kelly H., hopefully you can stick around for the good
16: second morning. hour. Oh, <laughs> good morning, this Go is C. Thanks, thanks, everybody, for um, all your shares, and thanks for having this meeting. um Shana C., Grateful Recover Compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, you know, what, in reading this paragraph and, and hearing so many things, what I'm reminded of in myself is, uh, how much of that spiritual malady, and and what that looks like for me in the in the area of me trying to control um, and fear fear of making a mistake, the perfectionism of oh my god, what if I anac- accidentally inhale a wrong ingredient, and what that does is it perpetuates me into this perfectionistic, you know, overanalysis of. Every ingredient, every food, every this, every that, and it puts me into such fear of where I can't even function being around other people. Case in point, just yesterday, and and this man is thirty. Talks about how he had that. You know, he had control for twenty five years for whatever reason it wasn't an issue. He didn't constantly obsess about having control. He was able to put it down because he stayed busy enough. Whatever. And why wouldn't he believe he had it under control? He didn't know what alcoholism was no more than i knew what compulsive overeating was um, and i was able to do something similar within you know with my food and stuff for a long time but case in point yesterday you know it, this thing is the daily reprieve it really is you know i i did not want to eat in fact i did not want to eat so badly that i was so terrified of making a mistake i had gotten into such fear that i almost canceled a reservation with a friend at lunch who I dearly love because I was so scared of going out and eating in a restaurant with her and I was heartbroken and I was terrified. And I went to God and I said, God, you got to help me. This is freedom. And I texted my sponsor and I did a 10 step on the fear, you know, and I was able to go and I was able to do what I needed to do at lunch. And I had fear of, Oh, what if she judges me? Because I weigh and measure. What if, what if I don't get enough food? What if I don't eat? What if I accidentally eat a wrong ingredient? And what if, blah, 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 and all this crap in my head, and it was all born from self reliance? It's part of the nuances of this. I'm noticing myself as this spiritual malady, and how I'm, just how insidious it is. I don't necessarily want to eat, but I want the obsession that somehow someday I will control and enjoy because somewhere that lie bubbles up to the surface that, that I'm supposed to do this on my own when the truth of the matter is every day I get the opportunity to tap into the power of God that keeps me safe and protected. That's what these steps are about. If I'm constantly thinking about every food ingredient and all that, I am absolutely isolating myself from my primary purpose, which is helping others and being a fellowship and being in relationship with God and those about me. And I can't do that of my own power. I have to be relying on God and like someone else said, surrendering, And being guided, thank God for the step 10. Thank God for a strong sponsorship that turned me around immediately. And I was able to go and be with my friend. And thank God, you know, I was wrong in my head. Of course she didn't judge me. In fact, she was someone who said, you know what? I've been considering joining AA myself. (laughs) So my dark past and my defects have become my greatest asset at lunch yesterday. When I almost didn't even go because of the fear. Thank God for this program and this way of life that we get to live today. That's all I have. Thank
9: you so
0: much, Anna C. Okay, so uh, thank you to everyone who shared this morning, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, October fourth, 7 a.m. meeting is one 000, I mean, 19,478. 19478. And we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Ramona A. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
2: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.